What happened to Star Trek? <laughs> well, the kids, the kids these days That's talking a lot about Starfield. Yeah, in my day we had one. It was called Star Trek, and Uhura and Sulu and the whole gang, and that was enough for us. Was that the they only Star it. thing you had? That was the first Star thing. Jules yes. Verne, in, ter- in TV terms, Jules Verne wrote a book about space. That's the first space book. Yeah, yeah. The only space TV show we needed. Was Star, Star Trek. Trek with Scotty and the gang? Scotty and the gang and Kirk and all his adventures. <sighs> what about um, and then Star? after that it was um, John Carpenter's Star Man? Yes, mm-hmm. in terms that of importance, probably like cultural this, magnitude. So the Star Trek, mm-hmm. and then a Star is Born. Uh huh. Yes, so uh, funny. Do you guys uh, remember in that that uh, film when Bradley Cooper pisses his pants and like? It's so. F- it's, it's sad like, though. I think about it and That's meant up. to be sad, Griffin. It's meant to be sad, but they can't tell me when not to laugh at Bradley Cooper pissing his pants. <laughs> hey, like that's um, objectively like a pretty funny. Like, did you see Hangover? He does it in that one too. We only stand the Babs version here on the Besties. I'm sorry, <laughs> we don't acknowledge the existence of the other ones. Who's that Starry? That's a funny one, actually, because Starry is. It's they, Sierra Mist. They changed yeah, it to Starry. They changed the form. It's like all different, right? Oh, it tastes different? It's complete. It's a different beverage. It's not a rebrand. It's a different beverage. They said, everyone hates this one of- I like Sierra these. Mist. <laughs> everyone of, of import <laughs> hates Sierra Mist. We're just going to pretend we never did it. Erase all of it. Throw it all in the trash. And we're going to do a new 7-Up. It's mm. called Starry. And it's called Starry Field. And they're doing yeah. great brand connections. Any Circle K- I feel like we've like run out of movies with like star in the title. Stardust. No, star, I'm sorry. What happened to Star Trek? <laughs> ship Troopers. Let's start this shit. Star, star Wars. There it oh, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, the game. <laughs> My name is Justin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McRoy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Russ Fresh, and I know the best game of the week. We'll Hello, and welcome to the best. This energy is so weird. Where we talk about <laughs> the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It's a video game club, and just by listening, my friends, you are a member. Uh, the uh, I would say one of our most anticipated games of the year. If if not our uh, one of uh, it was my best. If not one of them, yeah. Starfield. Uh, is Justin, a- this game has been in development basically as long as Besties has existed. Not That's, quite as long. We we are not older, quite, but, but it's very close. Slightly, yeah. We've been looking forward to this one for a long time, and the f- time is finally upon us to talk about it. And Chris, what's Starfield? Starfield is the latest game from Bethesda. Uh, specifically the team that made Skyrim, a game that has meant a lot to, uh, I think, everybody on this call, maybe except for me, but especially for Justin, except for now, they're going to the final frontier. That's right, space. Space. And uh, we're going to join them there in the final frontier uh, right after this. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Okay, this is a big one. So, yeah. and I think it's easy to get lost in the in the hugeness that is Starfield. So I thought we'd start at a, a baseline point just to familiarize everyone with where we are at with regards to past Bethesda games. Chris Plant called that Skyrim, which is probably their biggest one. They've made all the Elder Scrolls games. They made Fallout 3 as well as Fallout 4 and to a lesser extent Fallout 76. Uh, but I think people are, most know them as, hey, this studio makes giant open world games. Who? How does everyone feel about their games at large? I, I love them, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a diehard. I count Oblivion as like one of my favorite games. Love ever. Oblivion. Like my probably my favorite game ever. More than Skyrim. Mm, yeah, it was a real. This is like too personal, but it it released like right around the time that Mom passed. Mm. Oh, so okay, we were yeah. all living in That's one right. house playing Oblivion. At the same time, like we were just trading off characters and it's got a very, real fond spot in my heart. I think Skyrim is absolutely brilliant. I adore Skyrim. I love Fallout 3 very, very much. Fallout 4, lesser extent, I think. Not mm. not wild about Fallout 4. And Fallout 76, I don't count. I want to call out Oblivion for one. One of the reasons I love it is Oblivion, they made a game where it was so easy to break the game using the in-game tools where you could make a potion that could like cause you to jump yeah. 300 feet in the air but it wouldn't address <laughs> for the fall damage fucking awesome I, good I, times i love that game <laughs> plant you haven't played a ton of these right no i yeah streak alive i <laughs> <laughs> i um I, I played uh some um uh, fallout Five, four. Oh boy! Fallout four, Fallout five. A, oh shit! <laughs> I'm a time no shifter, baby. Whoa! Pipeline, Chris Platt. <laughs> Get played, deep in the in the works. <laughs> I played some Fallout four. I got some negative feedback for my opinions on that game, and I promptly uh, said, "Not for me." Um, I've tried to download Skyrim. Well, I've downloaded it. I've succeeded. I was gonna I say, never buddy, make if it you're more struggling than like a couple hours. Part, yeah. If okay. you hold if you hold your watch in the air, it will download Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> it's that in Doom. Um, no, I, I. But the flip side of that is, I was really excited for this one. I thought this was going to be the one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frustic. Yeah, I've played basically all of them, uh, and I've enjoyed basically all of them. Even Fallout, uh, not seventy six. I didn't get into seventy six, but even Fallout four, which I think is probably the most maligned of the Bethesda Game Studios games, I enjoyed mostly because I just like walking around and like discovering cool shit. Like it's not so much like, oh, I think whatever the quests are that so, engaging or whatever. I just like just exploring these worlds. And I think all of them do a good job of making you feel like invested in the world that you are currently in. I also forgot that this is the game. Fallout is the game series that taught me how to do my job because Frost Freshick and I were working at a different publication a long time ago when that game came out. And Fallout 3 arrived, and Russ went up into a little cave <laughs> in the ceiling of the office, started playing, told no one, and then I was left to figure out how to publish onto a website with no guidance. He did and a great I've job. never been more wow. jealous. But, you know, ultimately, it was one of those, you know, he, he did me a solid. He said, yeah. go hey, out and good learn. Good for you, Russ. Go fly. Um, I got to say. Yeah, it good worked for out. You. Okay. Um, yeah, I like th I like all these games, too. We should. We need to start. There's probably people absolutely losing their minds that we are not uh. talking about Starfield in this episode about Starfield. And I think let's be transparent about the fact that it's because we have not had the best time with it. And I think we are operating. Let's, let's put all our cards on the table. I think we're operating from, like, a weird energy right now because it's before embargo it's before 
like we know how the sort of general consensus is going to be. And, and if that this is audio file of... got out early, oh no, oh no, <laughs> no, it's like a weird. It is a <laughs> weird energy to not know, uh, uh, sort of how your shit's going to align with the the norm. We got to uh, own line. ourselves, though. We got to own our own taste and what yes. works for us and th- what doesn't work for us. Our, and I, w- I think we are all coming at this from a place of like it is a it is a confusing mix of stuff happening in this game that we are not really vibing with. I mean, you start out in a mine. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're walking around the mine and it's kind of run down and you get some boring gigs where they're like, use this this rock. Zap a rock. Drill out the rock. Thank you. You do. You do slowly follow someone around. Oh boy. Do you ever. And I hope you like that. Because uh, you follow them around, and then after you dig up some space rocks, you go outside, and you know that incredible um, Bethesda Game Studio moment where this small area opens up into a big area. It's as close as they have to a hallmark. Well, this time it just opens up onto some sort of dust planet, um, and the likes of which you'll get intimately acquainted with throughout your time here. This this the, 10 minute window is when you will know something has gone very wrong. Uh, th- that was the exact moment. I'm ta- uh, Yeah, this is the exact moment. You well, step outside and you're like, well, this is kind of boring out here. It's been pretty boring to this point, but it's still pretty boring. Oh, and it gets, it gets worse. because So for me, the 10-minute clock, uh, you start the timer, happens with that. We're swelling music and you're like, here we go. We're getting into the fun part of the game. Door opens. There's nothing to see. Then you get in a ship and you discover that unlike No Man's Sky where you fly from planet to planet and it's smooth, that you have a load screen to t- get into the ship. A load sc- Then you walk over, you get into your chair. A load screen There's to a take cinematic. off. There's a little cinematic. Yes. Of you and they do have a chair. lot of these cinematics of you yes. getting into chairs and flying away. There's a True. lot of different cinematics of it. So you're at least not going to keep getting the same ones. Then you pick. So you're now in space and orbit, but then you have to go to another planet and then you're in space and orbit. And then you have to pick a landing spot. Each of these is a load screen. Well, and it's, it's also a menu. A menu. And a menu. It's important and to a say. Menu. Like, this is, yes. Yeah. So many menus. It is. It's it's absolutely bizarre. There, I want to I want to drill this home because it is so important. Yes, because I've I've been playing I've played No Man's Sky a lot, and I think that there have been a lot of comparisons between that game and Starfield. And it's I I after spending a lot of time with both, I think a not apt comparison at all because of this reason. There is the space flying layer of Starfield, and then there is the walking around on a planet or inside of a space station layer of Starfield, and the two layers could not be more removed right. from from one it, another. It reminds me more closely to, like, Destiny in the way that, like, you have to go to a load screen to get to the ground in Destiny. Now, granted, in Starfield, you can actually fly a ship around when you're in space, but the yes. second you're doing anything on foot, anytime you are leaving your ship... Yes. You will be seeing a load screen or you will be seeing I, like an animation to hide a load screen. I, I want to ask you guys, because I could not make sense of this. Hmm. Sometimes you could fast travel through like the mission log. You, usually this is how it would go for me. If I needed to go somewhere to follow a mission, I open my mission log. I would hit R on the keyboard to set, uh, set, set your path to the planet. And then it'll bring up the map of the planet. Sometimes it'll just let me land right on it. And so then it's like I skip the space step entirely. I think that's if you've already scanned the planet, you can do that. Yeah. I, think. I think it's But then actually, also but then it's also if you have contraband on your ship. Yeah, I like, think it's a contraband thing. I think if it's a planet that has it. an interstellar agency that would scan you uh, for illegal I think we're getting in the weeds. And we're getting in the, the weeds a bit. The but big just thing like, to remember is what was what I think a lot of people were expecting was a more fluid, intimate experience where you're going from planet to space, space to planet, et cetera. It feel, ends up feeling very disjointed and very herky-jerky because you're constantly diving into these menus or seeing these load screens. And it, it all, really fucks with the flow, like, big time. And there's and reasons I would that, say, like, I it, think it's a consequence, quite honestly, of, and we're going to, I think, hear this a lot as the game... Yeah comes out, it's a consequence of the fact that they are now using this engine that effectively has been built on top of for 20 years at this point. And it's very clear that the engine is like holding on for dear life, trying to run 
to the point where there was no chance in hell it would ever be able to do a transition from a planet to space, space to planet. It's um, just sort of I, a consequence of that. I, I think the biggest the biggest problem with this is that it makes exploration not something you do. Yeah. In the in the in yeah. the game, you with, can you can once you're on the ground just like run around. You can park your ship, I guess, wherever, and then run around, and there will be sort of, as far as I can tell, randomly generated little sort of. Um, spots so like a cave that you go in and there's some rocks in there that you can mine or here's another here's an outpost with some um you know bad dudes in it that you can go and shoot them yeah and get their and get their stuff but it it like that issue of uh you know a mile wide an inch deep that bethesda has sort of had in the past is i think at its at its worst here because there is no incentive to explore and this system it's just not really set up in a way that encourages exploration. Yeah. So the so I mentioned early on that the thing that I love about their games is just getting lost in these worlds and finding cool shit. Like I'm walking down the road in Fallout 3 or whatever, and I find the Nuka-Cola factory. Wow, I had no idea that was there. I'm going to go inside and check it out. Oh, shit, there's a bunch of robots in here, but I found a unique gun, whatever it was. There we'll, we'll never... There will never be a meaningful exploration moment in Starfield because the only way you can find things is by being given a waypoint directing you to, to go it. to it. You can't yeah. stumble on stuff because the only thing you'll ever stumble on are these randomly generated a cave with some loot in it or a, a base with some enemies in it. But it won't be a curated experience the curated experiences are only discovered from quests or like you talk to someone or you overhear someone and they're like, hey, you should go over here and you'll get a quest. That's the only way. So it really rips the heart out of the thing that I love about these games is the, I feel like I discovered something, not I feel like the game is guiding me by the nose to something. They also do make no, uh, uh, there is no way to, once you are planet side somewhere, to move faster than running. You have a jetpack, but it's really more of like a, a boosted jump that you can use a few times in succession that's a little bit faster than running, but it's mainly a way to uh, get some of your O2, which is like stamina back. I mean, because it's it, you're not using stamina while you're jetpacking. Um, but it's very limited. You're not like flying around. It's And when you're planet side, especially in these like these worlds that you're going to to do some sort of like one-off mission, walking around them is utter drudgery i mean it is it's you don't have good. some sort of like cool hover bike you know there's not like some horse stand in you're just running around like a doofus and they're no, very a, empty like you just won't it's just like empty ground which i guess is scientifically accurate there probably would be yeah, right? guess so it captures the drudgery of real <laughs> real, <laughs> real space, space i guess i mean the exploration is is no fun like not fun yeah. Um, sometimes when you get into a town, if you want to poke around and explore the town, you you could definitely do that. Yeah. I, I think where I got into trouble was uh, the things that I was doing in like the mainline non-exploration parts, like just like following my missions, were so boring that I it didn't like entice me to want to extend the experience. Mm -hmm. Like. I was no there, there was no part of me that thought that something more engaging was going to happen down some random path because they couldn't make the main things they forced you to do uh, engaging. And by that, I mean, like, there is so much following of people, like a lot of like, follow me to this other location. There's a lot of take a seat at this yeah. this table with us so we can talk to you. Wait for me to. There's so much waiting on like AI people to. Can I just to put a plant a flag in this? Y'all remember in Skyrim because everybody's played Skyrim a million times except Chris Plant. When you get to fucking Yarl Balgruff in uh, White Run, <laughs> and before you can talk to him or do any shit, he has to talk to his dudes. He has to talk to his advisors for like a minute and a half, and then he has to walk very slowly to the wizard room and then talk to the <laughs> wizard for a while. And you can't have fun playing Skyrim. So that happens so much in this game; it's fucking mind boggling. 
I, I think there is a contingency of our listenership that will like this game, to be clear. And then so there's too. no judgment on them. And I think... No, I, I agree with you. It's important that, like, you know if you're listening to this and you're getting angry or whatever... If you if this game will bring you joy, I am actually genuinely I wanna, happy. Well, 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 let me, I wanna sorry. Hear, no, let I want to hear Plant's point, but like, <sighs> we don't make this allowance for every like. No, why no, do no. We need I, to make an allowance for it being bad. I'm like, not. I'm. I. I. I agree. I'm. It's not that I'm even saying it's bad. I think I. I look at the um, Horizon Zero Dawn, Tears of the Kingdom comparison. Right when both those came out, and that feels to me like Baldur's Gate three in this. They're very. They're different in their own way. But Baldur's okay. Gate 3 is very creative and it's like adventurous no, and doing it. new things. Plant, stop it. Because you're no, saying no, no. That let, Horizon let is me, not let creative. Me, let me like, finish. Okay, Just let me sorry. finish. Sorry. The, I think the, the comparison for Horizon in this is that this game is very linear. And if you if you are the type of person who wants to like have a weed game where you're going to like get stoned and assuming you're of a legal age and in a state where you can do that, and you're just going to zone out and you want a thing that's just going to tell you what to do over and over and over, I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think this game will serve that. that. That said, let me be clear, I think Horizon, as much as I don't really enjoy those games, significantly better than this. And let me also say, if you're looking for a weed game, specifically a weed game in this style, they're not space yeah. games, but... I would recommend every other Bethesda Game Studios game over this game. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tough. I to keep it positive for a second. I sometimes enjoy the combat encounters. I think so some, shockingly, oh, we should talk the about, best part of the game. Yeah, we should talk yeah, about the I combat. Mean, That's a good. I, I think some of the combat encounters, while not like necessarily reinventing the wheel, you are finding a lot of. I, Weapons that are cool from a random perspective, like you'll just end up with one that's like way too powerful <laughs> and you'll run around like, wow, this is the best gun ever. I'm just going to shoot everybody with this dumb pistol I got off some random guy. Um, and, and the way that like you can use your weapons in concert and um, the way combat like evolves a, a little bit later on and the way that you are... Uh, can can uh sweep through a place and you know sometimes the, the combat encounters i i found enjoyable i i found them like did you do any zero where... any zero g ones no one of the first places i went was uh like an abandoned space casino uh and it was all the gravity was broken and so i it was like early hours of the game and i was fucking zooming around in zero g like blasting dudes and having a great time having a great old time um, but then, but then the story started again. I, we haven't even gotten into that real yet, quick on the combat. So for people that have played either fallout game, uh, three or four, I know they didn't make new Vegas. Um, the combat feels like those games, but there's no vats, which was the no like turn-based aiming system that was in the fallout games. So it's all real time combat. I am of the opinion that those games do not have great combat. It doesn't feel very good. Like the gunplay doesn't feel very good. I would agree that it is slightly snappier here, but without vats to like make you feel like you're playing tactically, every gunfight that I've ever been in has been like the dumbest, most mindless charge around a corner gunfight. I've like, but they're paced appropriately for that. Like f gunfights in Fallout would often like you'd be dead almost instantly if you weren't using vats, right? Like the the like things could go bad so quick. This is balanced a bit more evenly. I think it feels yeah, a little it bit is more balanced like for that. That's first. For, it's it's balanced for it. It's just it does it it can be uh, a little bit flat after a while. If, if you put it up against like positive, yeah, I was gonna say if you put it up against like an action game like a Doom or something like that. It has a Not. really tough time, even yeah, a Call of Duty or something like a really tough time. But for a Bethesda game, like even compared to Skyrim, which I adore, like the combat in Skyrim is brain dead. It's not good. Uh, but it, I, I found I thought it was enjoying... I find the combat at least a little more meaningful in Skyrim because I have more options for interaction with the world. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't like have, here you, you have know, guns and some builds. melee weapons. You don't have right. there's you know, uh, some and some spoiler stuff. that we There's have. some later yeah, stuff we're not gonna that get help too deep into that. diversify a little bit. But broadly speaking, like your interactions when you're in combat are pretty limited. And 
For for me, what spiced it up is I actually think uh, the itemization in this game is great. Like I I could not stop poking around in in chests and stuff because I found that the like random perks that rolled on weapons were like pretty fun. Like there's one that uh, like makes it so that when you kill an enemy, they have a good chance of dropping a med pack, which is huge, very sustainable. Then there's like you know all the different modifications. And stuff that uh, they have teased out a lot, like you know, silencers and other sort of attachments for the I, for the weapons. I guess um, my fear is that whenever I hear anyone, and I've spoken to a few people that have played the game, and whenever they talk about like, oh yeah, but I found this gun with a really good perk on it, it's like it's the same one. four perks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. there is not yeah, a I deep seen... well of awesome perks in this game, and I wish there were because you're right. Like if I was getting wacky, like yeah, the Fallout games have some fucking wacky ass guns where you're shooting yeah, bowling balls and shit. And here it's like, oh, my armor can carry 40 more pounds of stuff. Can we talk about the progression stuff? Because I'm a little bit, I am, I am of a, uh, I am a little bit torn about that. Because I actually found the perk system, which is, I think, especially lifted from Fallout. Um, like without the sort of special stat requirement uh, behind them, there are basically five pages of different perks that you can unlock. So there's like a social page with, you know, bargaining and scavenging and yeah. uh, persuasion, etc. cetera. Uh, and then there's like a f- physical page that's all about like increasing your athletics and whatever. Um, that system is weird because there's like multiple levels of each perk. And in order to upgrade each perk, you have to do like little mini challenges that are not, uh, that just feel like filler. Like they just feel across the board. Some of them a- feel the genuinely terrible. There's one where you have to use up all of your oxygen 10 times before you can level up your oxygen meter. And Which to, is, takes a minute. Like it takes to do zero that, time. To do that, you sprint until your oxygen is completely gone. But wait, it hasn't counted yet because you have to keep sprinting until your CO2 meter rises. And eventually through that, that counts. And so you have to do that 10 times before you can increase one level. Now, if you're going for level four oxygen, maybe have to do that 40 times. Yeah. And it's, that's it's really, but, it's just not thought out. Like it's, it's not, it's not thought out experience. well, but, but I found the chase for new perks to be like, anytime I leveled up, I got pretty excited because I think that the, there's a lot of perks in there that are just kind of fodder, like, oh, a 10% increase in rifle sure. damage. Who gives a shit? Um, but the ones that are like you have unlocked new toys to play with in the ship builder, which is for me the absolute like unequivocal highlight of Starfield is the the I I think the ship builder in this game yeah. kicks ass. I, and I could play with that thing. I for do hours. agree that ship builder is. I, I want to talk about that next. But I, before we move on from the the skill point thing, here's what I think drives me most nuts about the skill point thing. Because you're right, I did get excited when I would get a skill point that I wanted to spend. The way it is nested such that you need to complete a challenge before you can level up this thing is you get this feeling of, I just unlocked a skill point. I need to spend it because let's say, for example, I'm leveling up my lock picks, my lock picking skill. And right now I can only do novice lock picking, but I want to do advanced lock picking. If I don't spend that skill point early in the game and I run upon another like advanced lockpog thing or an, another novice, it won't count to my next to level next of unlocking level, that skill. Yeah, sure. So you get this feeling of like, oh shit, I'm wasting all these times that I lockpicked just so I can't like level up this skill. It's just like choices like that could have been made differently and honestly have been made differently in their other games. Like Bethesda in Skyrim does not lock out your ability to get better at archery that early in the game you also are are not able to respec in any meaningful way that i have found because of these challenges right because you have to do the challenges to keep progressing so Mm -hmm. it would make sense for you just to respec so you if you realize like late in the game later on in the game like you're making some of these decisions pretty early if you realize like i don't actually care about that or more often Starfield doesn't really care about that. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't really something that Starfield cares about. Then you're um uh, there there's also uh like there's rows of them so you unlock the first tier of like science, right? And that's like med pack create uh, usage and something and a few other things. You have to spend x number of points in that tier in in science or whatever to unlock the next tier. 
but a lot of the upgrades were so like boring or not what I like to play or whatever that it, I wouldn't even be incentivized to like spend more points in science to get to the stuff I actually cared about. We're very much in the weeds, but it's bad. No, it's it just, is important it's, because there is a cohesion to the like decisions that were made, whether they were technical limitations or whether they were just design decisions that I think hinder the overall experience in just like very bizarre ways. Um, I, you want to talk about that, chip creation, which I do. Yeah, actually yeah. Think I is mean, we. Cool. It, I don't think it takes very long, but there, there is a. Imagine the gummy ship builder from Kingdom Hearts, except with like really lovingly detailed uh like i i think sort of in real life inspired ship parts uh you can customize shit man engines weapons uh you can custom there's a lot of just sort of aesthetic yeah. customization stuff if you just want your ship to look cool you can change the different sort of like bays that are in it so you can add an engineering one if you want to have like you know, weapon customization tables in your ship. Uh, you can add a, ca a captain's quarters. Like, there's so many different ways. So much effort and attention went into the shipbuilder. Uh, and it's great. And I definitely got into uh, some some starship fights that I felt very grateful that I had spent as much time in the shipbuilder as I had or, you know, been like, well, okay, I clearly am deficient in some categories here. The ship combat is serviceable. It's like, it's it, it, it feels like... Mm. You don't think so? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, yeah, it's, fine. yeah it's, it's, it's not bad. It's fine. It's, it you is don't roughly... have a real great sense. Uh, you can target specific points. It, that kind of has a VATS influence, right? Like you can target specific points in a ship uh, and time does seem to slow a bit once you have an enemy targeted and you can target specific systems. I, I, uh, I had a hard time sometimes figuring out why things were hitting and things weren't hitting. Um, you kind of it, it kind of uh, makes you think that you always need to start with like the shield target it like you always need to target the shields first because otherwise you can't hit the rest of the ship um and sometimes that would work pretty good and sometimes it it wouldn't um it does do a smart thing where it shows you a place on the controls of the ship on your like space speedometer where like the sweet spot is for turning radius so yeah. if you keep it in that area your turning radius is going to be at maximum um i thought that was pretty uh, pretty neat. And I do like that you can, with a lot of ships, if you're able to shoot out the engines, you can actually like roll up board on them. them. Yes. And board them. That is which cool. Is you can also do piracy. Like that's another cool thing you can do is sometimes you can just roll up on a ship, hail them. You can hail any ship that you see and say like, hey, I'm going to blow you out of the sky if you don't let me on board and take all your stuff. And then you have to, you know, threaten them with the game's not very good persuasion oh sort God, of mechanics. Persuasion thing is... uh, I don't even want to go into it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so yeah, in the weeds, uh, but yeah, it's, it's very rough. bad. But it's uh, but then being able to like go on their ship and while they scowl at you, while you just like go through all their stuff, like hmm, this seems nice. And so I don't uh, want to talk about the persuasion thing in particular, but I do want to talk about the idea of like the overall writing and narrative and what it means to make like yeah, a, that's a meaningful. That's a big thing we haven't talked about choice. yet. Is, like the story of the game. So. And this is a accusation that I would sort of lay at the feet of most of their games, which is basically that, like, if you start fucking with the idea that you could, like, theoretically shoot and or kill a lot of people that may or may not be, like, important to the quest, the illusion kind of falls apart. And I'll give you an example. Early on in the game, you're questing with one of your companions who's this, like, rootin' tootin' cowboy guy and you go to his hometown, which is like a Western-themed space town. And in his hometown is his dad, who's like kind of a crotchety, like, oil baron type. And you need something from his dad. It's like maps or some shit. And, you know, I persuaded the dad to give up the maps. And everything's fine. And then I saved the game. And I turned heel and shot the dad in the face. Absolutely, and, did the exact same thing. And the yes. companion is standing. The, the companion is standing right next to me, and he says, "I don't agree with what you did, but the mission is more important." Now, now <laughs> I don't agree with you killed my dad. <laughs> <laughs> the mission now, comes first. It's really well, it important. Clear, to know. You, do, you don't you don't kill his dad. You just do the thing in Bethesda games that happens, which is you just make him get tired, and he lies down on all four. He goes into sort of downward dog for a minute. Now um, it, it's worth. It's worth, also worth noting, the mission at this point is find some cool rocks. That was yeah. the mission I was on. That's what I was trying to do. So I there shot him in the three. face, but 
If we find some cool rocks, it's all worth it. There are three tiers of uh, mortality in, in this game. There are, oh, that guy's not important. You can kill that guy. There, there's that one. Yeah. There's uh, that person is important. You can kill them, but they will get back. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> and then there's a third tier of that is a child. They will ha- your bullets have no <laughs> yeah on them. Um, this let's let's talk story. I think everything. I have had, I've had some some good times with this game, it, it, and none of those times have been related to the main plot of the game at all. I have enjoyed. There are sort of quest lines that are similar to a guild sort of quest line in a in a Skyrim. Uh, there's, a, a, I think Russ mentioned, there's a, a like corpo storyline that that you can follow that was pretty neat and unlocks some genuinely pretty cool stuff. Uh, the story of that is neat. Uh, I've done a few sort of side quests that had an interesting sort of uh, you know narrative hook. I don't know if you guys ever found the uh, sort of abandoned AI. That was just floating around in space. I just found that, and it had like a it had a neat little convo with him. That was cool. I chose a perk at the beginning of the game that made it so I had a mom and dad. I don't know if any of you guys picked that no, one, I but did that's not pick that. I will recommend that to anyone because you just have this nerd ass mom and dad who you can go home and visit from time to time, and then sometimes you'll just see them pop up in places where you don't expect them to have <laughs> oh, uncomfortable right. moments with your mom and dad. It's hysterically funny. Along those lines, man, the adoring fan is, is a perk that you can very pick good, up, and he does nothing. But he's in your ship, and if you like land on a planet, he's like, "Yes, you've done it again." <laughs> and he's the dude from Oblivion. Like yeah. it's it. There is a lot of charm to the, you know, galaxy of stuff surrounding the. No, the, that's the, not fair. There's there's occasional charm. There's a okay. Yes, there's a all of that is to say is that I have found there to be no charm or memorable stuff at all about the core plot of the game, which feels pretty rushed it feels pretty it feels i mean completely just mcguffin none of the characters that are like your core companions have really sort of hit home with me and again this is another thing that is it is unfortunate i think for this game that it came out as close to baldur's gate it's as so it did rough. because so the rough. that is a game with com- characters and companions that i care about very deeply who have stories that are fleshed out and every sort of interaction with them feels meaningful as compared to, I had a moment in Starfield earlier today where a companion I've rocked with for a while was like, hey, um, we've been through some hard times, some good times, and I just want you to know I'm really grateful for your captainship. And um, I saw this while I was strolling around and I thought of you and it just, I'm, I, I got you this. And I really think that it just spoke to me that is it's for you and then it was like three hundred dollars it was 368 credits exactly and i was like damn dude thank you thank you so i i guess i'll use this in the grand scheme of things not that much money um this is like half of a a a coffee but damn thank you so much for thinking of me you can have romances with people technically speaking from an absolute technical perspective some of the um answers in when you're talking to your companions are labeled flirt that's very helpful thank you guys uh and then if you do hit the flirt button enough and you choose romance rather than friendship then it's just like it'll just work right (laughs) like eventually they'll just be like all right right. i got someone to that romance stage by finishing their little quest thing and then five seconds after this like quote unquote relationship started like they finally were like all right fine you win you've hit the flirt button enough times that's all the i love you now i love you now the first dialogue you'd be like can we talk about a relationship and they're like yeah what's up and here are the options you have being in love with you is like a dream come true you're the most important person in my life now and always in all my life, I never believe I find the love we share. Since the moment we met, I've been lost in those beautiful eyes. I could never imagine loving someone the way I love you, which doesn't make sense. It's, that last one, even, but that's like the level of it's like if ChatGPT wrote vows, basically. Yes, it is. It is. I mean, and that's a lot of the script. Like a lot, a lot of the dialogue is not just like poorly crafted, but. The choices they want you to make, there's a uh, a sort of like deputy sheriff kind of like outfit 
where you, you can do some quests for them. It's like tracking down bounties and setting things right in the universe. And every conversation that you have with them, like the, the with the lead people, the last few conversations, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And you know what they want you to say, right? Like, you know, and there's no, and the person you're with, if, if they're of a similar mindset, there's no reason why you would like say something different. Like you would like argue with these people. There's no sense to it. It's just like choosing what it wants you to choose. And none of the conversations, I mean, none are in any way interesting that, that I have seen so far. Like none. Yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, I, Griffin's point earlier about the, where you'll go on mission, like faction missions, stuff like that. And, and we'll talk about it. like, you can have an engaging time that way. But I think those work on a premise standpoint, like the premise of a mission that you're going on is actually pretty engaging. Maybe you're like robbing corporate secrets from a blah, 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 or something like that. But the actual minute to minute of what you're doing is so much run, 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 load screen, run, 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 talk to this person, run back, load screen, run back, load screen, end the mission. Like, or, yeah, or sometimes like, you get that exciting, follow this person as they walk slower than anyone's ever walked. Or run ahead to the place you know you're going and watch the person saunter. This, this collection of ones and zeros takes its sweet time with your human minutes of life and just sort of generally saunters over in your direction it, after a few minutes. It just feels like dinosaur land when it comes to like like games have evolved so far beyond the game design at work here and i'm not talking about the like world create whatever the the fact that they can have a thousand planets like word i'm talking about like the minute to minute beat to beat of what you're doing in this game feels like it is 10 to 15 years old and yeah. it's and they're, pretty they're, inexcusable. Like I just so unfortunate. I mentioned having some good times with this game. I do want to catch up by saying that I have not. There has not been anything I have done that comes close to a, you know, a Dark Brotherhood quest line yeah. or a Gray Ghost, Gray Ghost quest line, the Archmage sort of quest line from from Skyrim. Any, yeah, like any, you really, fought fucking dragons in Skyrim. You fought right. and shot dragons in the face with flames. All of those felt very <sighs> um, intricately crafted and like throwing you into like unique situations and tasking you to use like some very specific tools to deal with them. And that like none of those things have been especially true for, for this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and I, like, I don't want, I don't want people to misinterpret it. Like I came into this as I think we all did not only with eyes open, I came into this, like I was honestly like pretty psyched because I've liked all of their games. So this is not me being like, oh, fuck Bethesda Game Studios. I wanted really a lot to like this game because I love the premise of exploring the galaxy and it just never came together for me. I have I have tried to find something that like delights me yeah. about this game and there is practically nothing. And I've been so bummed out about it. I I There is no part of me that wants to, to dislike this, that wanted this to be anything less than excellent. I bought a freaking Starfield controller. I played this with a Starfield controller, which I felt more and more embarrassed by as the as the hours. It is a great controller. On. It's a great looking. It does controller. look sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I, the, hey, the the game looks pretty good at times. The soundtrack is oh yeah, so fucking good. The really, really good. It makes it seem sometimes it tricks you. Like, oh, I think I am having fun. It's like, oh, no, wait a minute. The music's just playing. There's, a, really there's a, a recurring theme throughout the game that, like, mm -hmm. I heard it. Mm -hmm. I heard it once, and I was like, okay, and then yeah. I remembered it. It's, yeah. It is uh, magic. It's very, very good. Um, yeah. I, I Yeah, I've played about as much as Justin. I put some other better games on hold because I was like, all right, it's, got, it's, it's time. It's time to see what Todd's cooked up for us in the kitchen this time. Um, and I... I think I'm done. Like, I don't think I really, I'm going to go back to those other games now. Maybe I'll come back to Starfield, but I will, I do not think it's going to be high on my priority list. So uh, yeah. I got good news though. No, what, what could cheer me up now plan right after this break, we're going to talk about ways to make the most of Starfield and hoops just for you. I have been sitting on a great game for like at least three days <laughs> that I know you're going to love, and we're going to talk about it right after the break. 
You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because they got all this fine print little details. And all of a sudden, they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. So this is going to be on Game Pass, which I know a lot of Oh yeah, of that's you- true you folks have and that that is kind of what inspired me to to say this like something that's anticipated it doesn't actually matter that much what we have to say because especially with it being on game pass you're probably going to want to try to check it out for yourself anyway which i understand i would do the exact same thing 100 percent, no question i'm pissed about it trust why don't you trust me uh-huh uh so we decided that we would like give you some some like things that we wish we had known going in um that w- w- might uh, make your experience a little uh, a little smoother, maybe, than ours was. Uh, Griffin has a good one, so I'll let him do that one in a bit. But mine would be, do yourself a favor and pick a group or a faction to do quests for and see that entire quest line through. And ideally, if it's almost all on the same planet, that's even better. So there's, I'll give you an example. There's a, a planet called Neon, and it is like cyberpunky and like, you know, literally neon signs and stuff like that. Uh, and when you first arrive there, there is a terminal right there. That is how you start the uh, corpo like quest that Griffin was alluding to earlier. Um, and you can that's like five hours of questing right there that you could just just do those back to back to back. And when you're doing that, you can kind of get into a flow I still don't necessarily think the minute to minute is that engaging, but at least like narratively, you can kind of sink your teeth into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it that also would... unlocks a neat, a neat mechanic. Yeah, I, I recommend a mechanic that, that unlocks uh, well. from that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I man, I I put on here like as for my tips, like there is as you go playing through the main story of the game unlocks some stuff that 
helps to mix things up a little bit. Yeah. But it's I not a joke, like my least favorite part of the, the, the game, but you can get through it pretty fast if you really put your mind to it. Uh, and then, uh, honestly, I think the thing that got me... The, my favorite times with the game are, are the times that I spent sort of like messing around in the ship builder. I only got the corpo job because I needed money to build ships. Um, <laughs> yeah, is that your excuse? He that was my money. excuse. I made a fucking lot of money. Yeah. I was a dirty corpo shill, but I got all the money I needed for my dark habit, which is making ships that I would fly for a minute or two. Um, and and so, I, yeah, I think I think the, the, the story is going to leave you probably pretty cold, um, but there is stuff that you can get from that that kind of changes changes up the formula a touch. Um, but then I I agree with Russ. Just find a, a quest line that sounds cool to you. There's a lot on Neon, uh, frankly, and you will get there with with a pretty early story quest. So um, might be might be worth doing that. I would recommend not grabbing stuff with the sole intent to sell it. Like if you think that you're going to pick up an item or something and you can't use it, but you think you're going to like lug it back somewhere and sell it. I don't think the game is necessarily wanting you to do that. It gives you a lot of credits, like especially as the missions uh, get deeper in, you start getting like big piles of money. And other than the shipbuilder, I didn't really need money all that often because you find the good stuff just kind of lying around. And I got in a big bad habit of like every item that I saw I would grab with the intent of like, well, I'll just go back to some, uh, you know, to some shop and sell all this stuff off. And, and maybe every once in a great while, you'll see something that's like purple or, or whatever, uh, which is sort of the, the next to highest tier of stuff, um, that, that might be worth holding on to until you can offload it. But as a matter of course, I wouldn't, um, that being said, if there's stuff like resources, which you use to, for crafting, um, those can get pretty heavy. Feel free to you can offload them onto your companion and make them carry that stuff around for you, um, which can help keep your load down. Your your uh, ship also has a big cargo hold, and you could even add more cargo hold space. And it doesn't. You don't need to hold on to it for other characters. They won't yeah. use guns that you give them. Like as far as I could tell, um, it doesn't really matter. What oh, they do actually. Yeah, if it's the only gun they're them. carrying, they will fire that gun. Oh, so you have to take, well, yeah. Yeah, you have to take like, the other gun away, but just give them one gun and you'll, they'll use it. I that. haven't noticed much of an impact from the NPCs <laughs> and their help in the combat yeah, situations, they, they I will say. they are not that helpful. They tend to get just shot a lot. Um, I, I So I would, you know, don't feel, uh, use them as a, a mule. Don't sit on your stat points, but be smart about it because you do not get as many of them as I kind of thought. You mean thought. perk, like perk points? Yes, yeah, like the up, well, I mean- I think it was like, yeah, I guess they're purple. Anyway, you get a point when you level up. Um, don't sit on those because like Russ is saying, you need uh, um, you need to spend them to be able to keep leveling them up for those those things to count, like pistol kills, for example. Um, but be smart about how you use them because I kind of thought they'd be dumping them on you to like get you to exper- experiment with other stuff. And it is not, that has not been my experience. After my 20 hours of play, I maybe have like, there's four tiers uh, in each of the like different categories. And I have like a couple of second tier abilities in a couple of the trees. There's so much of these trees that I have not um, touched yet. It seem, it's yet another thing that just seems like really, really off uh, to me, but be smart about it. Um, and those are my, that's my, the best I got. What about you, Plant? You don't have to play a game if you're not enjoying it. It's like, it's super I mean, we okay. do. We do. <laughs> no, <laughs> we do, but everybody else. Sometimes the game is so big, you feel a little bit of pressure. Maybe your friends are all playing it on the group chat, and you're like, yeah. i got to keep playing this game, and you don't, especially if, you, if you've got this off Game Pass, take a break, because knowing Bethesda, they will continue to work on it, and it will probably be considerably better in two years, do I think it will be fully, I don't want to say fixed, but whatever I had hoped the game would be? I don't know about that. But I know that Fallout 76 is better than it was at launch. And I know that, that Elder Scrolls Online is much better than it was at launch. And maybe this is just the beginning of Starfield. I think I'm, modders are going to make this game 
considerably better because um, they've done that a lot in the past. Yeah, I will say credit where credit's due. I've hit um, a good number of distracting bugs, but uh, for a Bethesda game at launch, I would say not bad. Like really, like it, very reasonable. The yeah. ones that are there are still like hugely distracting. There's still a lot of like you'll be having a, a heartfelt conversation with a your partner and somebody else is just like sprinting into them at full speed throughout <laughs> the entire conversation. One time it was, I was having a, a conversation with the Root and Tootin' Cowboy about his daughter and how hard it is to be a dad. And the entire time the daughter was just like clip sprinting right into his body. <laughs> like I guess, that does look tough, Sam. That's, I gotta kid, admit, that's that kids, man, that's being a dad. <laughs> kids, their pathing gets all fucked. The most consistent one I got was, and I think this might have been addressed for the day one patch, every single NPC was bald in the entire <laughs> world, like everyone. And uh, yeah, it's distracting. It required like a full reboot of the game to address. So I think they, fixed I think they did the patch. fix that. So I think, yeah, everybody will be spared. It was funny, though. That's a funny one, though. That's, that's good stuff. Um, all right, let's not talk about Starfield anymore. Uh, well, we do have some reader mail that is about Starfield, Fuck. but we'll be quick about it. Uh, some reader mail. This one comes from Fezzes or Cool. Fezzes or Cool, I get it. Uh, was thinking on uh, was thinking on Starfield. What do you think is left for Bethesda? Todd, Todd Howard will probably still be around for another decade or so. Wow, that's grim. But with <laughs> development times, <laughs> ten years left on. So what are you talking about? I think working wise. He's probably going to oh, okay. work and not, I not mean, li- alive. <laughs> uh, but with development times taking so long for them, after Elder Scrolls Six, will he do another? Can the company produce the same product after? The company is diversified enough, Doom, et cetera, all great games. It'll be around. But uh, that core RPG we've known them for since Morrowind Oblivion, is this one of the last? I will say, in my opinion, um, and this is going to seem like a non-answer, but... I think that it really depends on how the popular reaction to Starfield goes. This feels like enough of a passion project that, I mean, that's a lot of years of your life, right? Yeah. If the response to this is as this game is as negative as you seem to see on this show. And we don't actually know if it will be. No, I know. No fucking clue. I've talked to literally no other human beings that are playing this game other than these cats here. So maybe this is just like not our thing. All right, great. Uh, if it, but if it is like sort of roundly criticized, uh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I don't want to go out on that note, you know, like, I don't know. I think, um, but maybe, you know, the, the, the I don't know that this w- I would want this to be the swan song if I was Todd Howard. I think him at least hanging in through Elder Scrolls six makes the most sense. But the I mean, I, I don't know how to say this more plainly, but this calls into question a, a lot like it's not that sense of like, well, once Todd is gone, how will they make things like Starfield? Like it doesn't. It, it's it's bad like it's bad yeah and it, and i don't think you're gonna see that same sort of like also well, after fallout 76 right yeah, yeah this right. is two in a row at this point um and fallout 4 at launch was and elder scrolls online fallout fallout 4 had some late game problems um and i will say for whatever this is worth I, and we have no insight into this from a development perspective like literally none but there are there are a lot of components of this game that feel so stridently dull that it, a lot of it feels like a failure of project management and scoping of like there's more in this game than you had the time to make good. Um, and a lot of it just feels like, I don't know, close it off. Find some way to cauterize it because we've got to get this thing um, out the door. There because- is... A kind of okay version of this game that is one single spacey planet. That is like when I spent time on Neon, that was the most like a like a decent Bethesda game that that this game felt like. Yeah. So Um, maybe there's like a a expansion DLC situation where it's just one giant area in like the throwback style of their older games, and maybe that has like more of a flow to it and more of an experience that we all love. But yeah, where it's at right now, quite honestly, the biggest ask that I have for Elder Scrolls 6, please, guys, the engine's not working anymore. I know you've invested all this money into it. I know all these people were trained up in it. 
you got to pay Epic a bunch of money and just use Unreal or something else because this engine is so on its last legs. And I'm sorry, but like No Man's Sky is running circles around y'all and they had 15 people in England and it's very rainy there. Tony Stark built this in a cave. <laughs> the, the bummer would be if it, if it looked great, then maybe some of the like issues with loading and not being able to fly into the planet, whatever, would be different. But it, it looks it, like I don't a mod know. for it, Fallout. It, that's yeah, what it, it, looks it, like to me. It, there's no like part of it where I'm like, well, that's why it's so good. Everything else just simply wouldn't be possible. Yeah. Even the not flying around in your ship through space might be a little bit more palatable if like, do you all understand what we're saying here is that if you see a planet and you're, you can point your ship at it and full boost and you're not going to get to it. Like, this is what we're yeah. we're talking about. If there was some well, way, once you're on the planet to zoom around in a fun way, right? Like I know my ship can fly. I still am of the opinion that that's gotta, that has to be eventually you'll, You'll get a horse. I still have yeah, to believe what? eventually know, you'll get man. a Mako I, tank. Unlo- unless I'm, it's a technical issue, which we do not know. But I, We don't I, know. You know? I don't well, know. you did ride dragons in Skyrim eventually, so maybe they'll add it. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I'm, this is a question from Zachary. I'm struggling to get hyped on Star uh, for Starfield. Do you find yourself this getting... This episode ought to help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, you find yourself, do you find yourselves getting tired of waiting for these forever in development games? How do you deal with that development fatigue? Can I, I say no? Because there's so much good shit. Yeah, that's like, the thing. We have the luxury of like constantly bouncing from game to game. The fact that Silk Song, which is a game that I'm desperately, desperately excited to play, keeps getting delayed does not bother me because we are drowning in amazing games. So it's fine. Doesn't bother me. I have pretty wide ranging tastes. Like I'll play a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think about it. Uh, good question from Olive Farden. Is there any specific game? Uh, sorry, that- all, like Olive Garden, but with fart. Yeah. That's good. Farden. It's fun. That's so good. Thank is you there so much any for that. specific game that comes to mind as having exceptionally written companion characters? I feel like Bethesda has always more or less fallen short in this area, and I wonder if Starfield can break out of this rut. Probably no. not. <laughs> no, yeah. Baldur's. I mean, Baldur's Gate is literally sets the new. There's no, no it's nothing so that comes close. Uh, that we have actively had to try to not talk about Baldur's Gate because it is such a clear like horse and buggy automobile like level (laughs) of difference like it it's so rough and embarrassing like i i wish i could have been there with phil spencer when he was just like staring at Baldur's gate and just every once in a while he'd just yell motherfucker god son of a bitch (laughs) yeah uh okay thank you for those questions Baldur's gate 3 is really good (laughs) really good good. all right it's really good um we have some honorable mentions really quick. Um, Plant, you had your game you wanted to talk about. Yes. Aunt. Yes. Help me. So, have you heard about Finity on Apple Arcade? No. no. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so it's a puzzle game on Apple Arcade, and it is the closest vibe I've had to something like Drop 7 since Drop oh, 7. Oh, Jesus which, Christ. Yeah, I just, just set off a five-alarm fire. The way it works is fresh you're gonna hate this it's a four by four grid and it's a slide puzzle and there are colors and you have to match three or wait sorry yeah you have to match three of the colors if you match four it gives you a reward it gets really complicated complicated really quickly because when you slide something left or right you basically lower the value of the other tiles on that horizontal plane. And once it gets to zero, that plane will lock. So you can't move that plane anymore. So eventually you are losing the ability to move left and right on like the top, bottom, or the top of all four rows. And then you're losing the ability to move up and down on the four columns. So gradually these like cells are locking and you're having to match three by there's like man i'm trying to explain this and it's breaking my brain it's the hard is, it's hard to follow it let's leave it at this i just downloaded it from apple arcade and i played 10 seconds and uh i'll be in my bunk <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's it's great everybody just go play it and if you don't have apple arcade which i know is some of you i'm very sorry if you do have a lap mac laptop it should work on your laptop apple arcade hmm. not just limited to your phone does work on laptops and apple tvs um, I want to shout out uh, No Man's Sky. Russ and I 
played yeah. a bit of this together. There's that new Echoes update that is very cool. I finished the story of that game for the first time. It's very cool, and it's, that game is continues to be just a really, a really neat game. And honestly, kind of a a salve. Uh, I I will say after the I've been in sort of the same doldrums. After, yeah, Plant uh, and I are gonna Starfield. do a deep dive into the new update as well as No Man's Sky overall on Resties uh, on Tuesday. So keep an ear out for that. So if you're interested and or maybe bummed about Starfield reaction, but you want a space exploration game, we will be talking a lot about it. I also I also want to say I finished New World, the show I shouted out last week. And I just please watch that show. Please watch that television show. I really need there to be another season of it. I don't think it made a huge splash when it first released in uh, in, in South Korea. So, you know, maybe an unlikely bump from your friends at the besties we get it over the edge got it i need a second season of that show please please watch new world on netflix is so good we have international cachet we can make things happen justin's been watching it but he's i think probably too i think we lost him Divinity. so no i'm here i was just being a polite listener uh new world's really good i picked it up last week okay we're gonna thank the following people for writing reviews for the besties on apple Podcasts. thanks to kid blur t.s scooney and charg rock thank you for writing reviews for the besties on apple Podcasts, and thank you to everyone else for writing reviews and talking about the show and saying it's great and listening to the and reading the newsletter which is also great at besties.fan the rest is coming in the muppet show sorry go ahead is that what kermit is from I've heard of this dude. I just didn't know what his whole vibe was. That's going to do it for us this week on The Besties. Be sure to join us again next time for The Besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties!